0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, March 20th, 2020. I'm Caleb Brown. Often low oil prices indicate something good and something bad, a harbinger of recession, and lower input costs for many businesses. This time is different. Sharp declines in oil prices indicate both a recession, just as relatively few people are getting on the road. So, what are the implications for foreign policy? Cato's Emma Ashford explains.
1: Well, it's been a pretty rough ride in the oil markets the last week. Um, They dropped through, so the price of oil basically dropped through the floor last week. Um, Sunday night into Monday morning, American time, we basically saw the price of oil go from where it had been about 55 ish dollars a barrel, um, and over the course of the last week it has dropped until it is now somewhere in the vicinity of $25 a barrel. Um, that is a low price that we have not seen. We didn't even see a price that low during the, the financial crisis in 2008. So this has been a massive disruption in the oil market.
0: What does that mean uh, economically? Um, the United States government, as far as I know, has purchased a lot of oil. Uh, what was the purpose of that?
1: Yeah. So um, so for the U.S., um, there's there's a couple of things that matter. Um, So one is that um, low oil prices um, are bad for U.S. producers. We're now a major producer of energy um, with fracking and new wells. So in places like Texas or Western Pennsylvania or the Dakotas, um, those are bad big, big uh, producing states now. Um, and that's been part of sort of America's energy resurgence that's happened in the last few years, part of our economic resurgence, actually, in the last few years. Um, and so for those producers, shale producers, it costs them somewhere around 25 to $35 to, to produce a barrel of oil. The fact that prices are so low is, is an absolute disaster for them. Um, and then there's sort of historically oil prices are actually typically good for American consumers. So um, if the price of gas is low, you go, you fill up your car, you buy more stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So under normal circumstances, um, we would assume that the sort of negative part of the the oil price being low would be balanced out by that sort of benefit of the oil price being low. Um, But really, we're in a very strange and unprecedented situation here. Everybody is sheltering in place in their house. Nobody wants to fill up their car. Nobody wants to go to the mall and buy stuff. Um, and so uh, it's not clear that we're going to see that positive bounce. Um, and the fall in the price of oil may end up just being bad for the American economy.
0: And uh, the White House, for what it's worth, the, the president was tweeting out, hey, oil uh, just a few months ago, oil prices are low. That's great.
1: Yes. Well, the president has been pushing for low oil prices for quite some time. Um, And I think that's because he's thinking of this uh, sort of classic conception of oil prices, which is that, you know, if they drop low, particularly if they drop low in an election year, it juices the U.S. economy and it benefits us all. But with the coronavirus, that's not probably what's going to happen this time. It's probably going to end up hurting the US economy more than it helps it. Um, And so uh, President Trump may now be regretting that he spent much of 2020 and 2019, trying to convince the Saudis to produce more and and drop the price of oil.
0: Yeah, you mentioned Russia and uh, OPEC countries, but uh, that's sort of part of the trigger here? Or was that just a consequence of what was unfolding worldwide?
1: there's two things going on. So the first is this worldwide spread of the coronavirus. Um, and so what we're seeing happen in America is happening everywhere, right? Demand is dropping. People are staying home. They're not traveling. Airline travel is down. You know, I think United Airlines announced about a week ago that they were running at 30% capacity of normal. And so, you know, all of that means less fuel used, less demand for oil. Um, and so traders reacted to that. Um, but then there's a second part it, which is that um, the countries in OPEC um, and Russia and some other oil producers have this arrangement known as OPEC Plus that they've been running for about uh, three, four years now. Um, and they got together in Vienna. The Saudis proposed um, another round of cuts to try and stabilize the price of oil. They said, look, demand is falling from the coronavirus. We need to cut at least a million and a half barrels. Um, everyone's going to have to chip in. We'll have to make this work. And the Russians said, no. Um, the Russians said, we don't think we should bear all of the costs of this. Um, we want, you know, like American producers and people that aren't here to bear some of these costs, too. Um, and we'd rather take a lower price than cut more production. Um, and so the deal, the OPEC plus deal just fell apart. Um, and the Saudis in response said, fine, we're going to produce a lot more. We're going to compete with you for market share instead of cooperating with you, Um And the result is that we are in an era of sort of very much declining demand from the coronavirus um, and skyrocketing supply. So there is way too much oil being pumped all around the world. And it's being stored in all sorts of really strange places like tanker ships afloat in the ocean um, because we have nowhere else to put it and no one wants to burn it. Um, And so that altogether is why the price of oil is so low. Um, And unless the two sides come back to the negotiating table, doesn't seem likely that it's going to go higher anytime soon.
0: Given the low price of oil and sort of a planned reduction in economic activity that seems to be going on all, all over the place, what how does that change the U.S. relationships with other countries?
1: Well, um, so, I mean, it highlights once again that uh, U.S. economic interests do not necessarily align with Saudi economic interests anymore. Um, so we saw this in 2014. Um, When the Saudis um, made this arrangement with the Russians and they all agreed that they would sort of pump more. um, They were trying to basically put put American shale producers out of business in the hopes that, you know, maybe if Saudi took sort of a temporary economic hit at that point with low prices, they could survive. The shale producers would go out of business um, and then the Saudis would sort of have the market to themselves again. It didn't work then, obviously. and they're doing something pretty similar now, right? They're trying to seize market share by pumping a lot because they can absorb low prices. Um, and the goal here may not necessarily be to hurt U.S. producers, but that is going to be the effect. And this is very different than it was in, um, you know, in the 1970s, 80s. You know, where um, if the Saudis sort of pumped more oil and the price went down, that was typically good for the U.S. economy. Um, So, we're just starting to see again in this crisis that Saudi interests and U.S. interests really don't align at this point. In fact, the Saudis have more in common with the Russians than they do with us.
0: Is the strategic petroleum reserve uh, that the United States has held onto, is it 30 million barrels of oil? Um, uh, Is that rendered irrelevant or pointless or uh, is it a wait and see?
1: Um so the strategic petroleum reserve is is really important for energy security. Um it's actually something over 700 million barrels at this point. It's it's a lot of oil. Um we we developed that in the 1970s after the oil embargoes. Um and what it does is it lets the American market ride out shocks internationally. Um, So we still we produce a lot of oil, but we also still import a lot of oil from places like Canada and Mexico and elsewhere. Um, We're a big consumer. We don't produce everything that we uh, that we consume. Um, And so it's in our interests to keep that market stable. The Strategic Petroleum Reserve basically lets uh, the government say, well, you know, things look really bad right now. We'll release some of that oil from the, the Petroleum Reserve. And, um, you know, that'll help to bring prices down. And so that's basically the function of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Um, the only real way that that is figuring into this crisis is that, you um The Trump administration has announced that it will buy oil for the Strategic Petroleum Reserve from some of these shale producers in an effort to sort of ease the economic pain for them. Um, The problem is that there is a fairly finite amount of storage there. And so um, it's not going to um, it's. It's not going to be enough for the shale producers. Even if we fill that reserve until it is absolutely brimming with oil, um, it's still not going to save American shale from what's happening.
0: Emma Ashford is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.